It's Wired, the Pistons podcast, presented by Keith. Here's your host, Matt Derry. From the Rocket Fiber Detroit Pistons Studios, it is indeed Matt Derry, and it is indeed Wired, the Pistons podcast. Coming up on the program today, the newest member of Platinum Equity and the Detroit Pistons content team, Vince Ellis, ex of the Detroit Free Press, has covered the Pistons for many, many years, will join me momentarily to talk about his new role with the organization. Of course, everything going on with the with the league and with the world here with, with coronavirus and COVID-19 and all of the updates really on everything going on with the team, the Pistons and everything, and really the NBA can be found at the Pistons website at Pistons.com. Adam Silver's letter to the fans from the other day, uh, the Pistons ticket policy for postponed games. Uh, the Pistons getting together with Wayne County and corporate partners and last week providing over $350,000, $375,000 to be exact, a grant for, for uh, Forgotten Harvest. But also today, if you guys just woke up and saw this this morning, my good friend and Pistons legend, bad boy Rick Mahorn, um, was the voice on the new Stay Home, Stay Safe Detroit video a PSA put together by the Pistons in the city of Detroit. It's awesome. So if you go to the front of the Pistons website at Pistons.com, you will see that video. Hopefully everybody is safe, healthy, and hopefully we'll be getting back to basketball soon. That is for sure. All right, let's bring in our guest uh, this week here on Wired, the Pistons podcast, the newest member of the Pistons team and the Platinum Equity team, director, content producer, all-around good guy, and you've read him for many, many years at the Free Press. It is our friend Vince Ellis. Hey, Vince. Uh, good to hear your voice, my friend. Uh, what a wild, uh, certainly, time for the NBA and, and for yourself as you were leaving the beat at the Free Press, uh, taking the buyout, and then announcing uh, last week that you joined the, the Pistons and Platinum Equity team. What, what a roller coaster, huh? Yeah, you know, um, it's funny. Um, not to uh, definitely, uh, I know a lot of people are going through tough times right now. Um, maybe may have lost a loved one. Um, may have lost their job and don't know if uh, when their next job is coming from or when their next paycheck is coming because evidently we don't know how long we're going to be under this uh, at-home order and stuff and everything and who knows how long will it take us to get back to normal once the stay-at-home order is lifted. Um, so, but yeah, I'm doing well and I'm uh, and I'm excited about the opportunity but definitely um, it's a time where I don't, as I was telling you earlier before we got on, you don't want to come across as like being insensitive uh, to what other people are going through right now. Well, you know, it's interesting and you being a longtime journalist know this better than anybody but the lead sometimes tells the story and in your lead and your in your piece in your column last week you basically your first line was this doesn't feel right which i think set the tone vince and i think you, you probably knew you had to do that right definitely um you know i was wondering you know in normal times i'm quite sure there would have been like some you know, haters and stuff like that and i kind of expected it you know i expect to have it over the course of this job when things get back to normal and i actually kind of be i'll be welcoming it when it comes back to no, normal but critics saying oh, well, you were soft on our team for 11 and a half years, and never mind, I can point to many critical things I wrote about the team over the years, but they only point out the things that where maybe you were agreed with the team moves. They can't remember the critical stuff. So, uh, But, you know, you were a long-time uh, 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 media guy in this town, so you know how it goes and that stuff goes. And so I was expecting a lot of that. Uh, but you know what? It was mostly all positive. There were some there were some trolls on, on there. I, I <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I thought it was 
was funny and I was glad to see it actually because that meant that at least things were normal for that person, <laughs> if nothing else. So, uh, but that being said, the response was overwhelming. Who knows? Maybe people were just happy to see someone with some good news and things were going well for someone. So, um, maybe I was able to bring um, some good news to Twitter and all the social media channels that we uh, follow that uh, the day that announcement came out. Talking to Vince Ellis, the newest writer for Pistons.com, Platinum Equity as well, a content producer and, and really director, and is going to have a, and I want to talk to you, Vince, about, about your role in a second, but take us back, you know, you, you elected to take the buyout and, and leave the free press, you were on the beat for many, many years, what was that process like, how difficult was that for you, and, and how long, I guess, was, was your search for, for something else? Well, I'll, I'll say this, you know, I've been thinking about doing something uh, different probably for, probably for at least uh, four or five years probably now. Um, and I don't know exactly when um, the moment came where I decided to do it, but I do know it came last summer. You know, everybody knows how difficult the financial environment is for traditional media. Right now, heck, even now, it's, that's one of the things that's been exacerbated by this um virus, you know, layoffs, furloughs, my, I have my former colleagues in the free press will have to undergo furloughs, uh, one per week over the next three months. If I said that right, if I said that right, I, I apologize if I got those details slightly off, but I think that's what, I think that's what's going on there. You know, people that I was, you know, doing my coworkers just, uh, six weeks ago. Yeah. So, uh, so I was doing my friends and stuff going through this and you see what's happening in Cleveland, a place that you know, well, uh, with the plane dealer and stuff and everything. So it's, uh, uh, so, you know, the, the land, the media landscape is tough. Um, and so not only was the media landscape tough, I'm covering, I was covering something, the Pistons where, you know, people would say, well, if they were winning, you would, you would find it. Uh, more rewarding, I guess. Actually, I just as older I get, I'm just not a bigger sportsman as I used to be. So, I find myself literally daydreaming or thinking about things like during interview sessions with players and stuff. Mind wandering off to, okay, I got to pick up my laundry later. What am I going to have for dinner? You know, not really <laughs> even paying attention to what they're saying because you've you've heard of at least a thousand of these frauds and stuff. So. Uh, so I was looking to do something different. And so, uh, last summer I pretty much made this decision that if a buyout came around again, that I would take it and I would see what was out there. Uh, the, the, the buyout time season came out basically for the last decade it's come around and I decided, you know, I put some feelers out and I asked folks, uh, would there be, um, something for me, you know, and, um, Platinum, I really wasn't even thinking about as a potential possibility. But, you know, I guess they saw that I was leaving. I have developed some good relationships with Pat Platinum over the years through many uh, stories where uh, sometimes the talks were good and sometimes the interviews were good and sometimes they kind of tense. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the relationship was developed. There was always a mutual respect. Um, they always thought I was fair. Um, I always went out of my way to try to get to the bottom of things and not just necessarily accept maybe a certain narrative. So that relationship was, was a good one. And so they were pretty aggressive in um, getting me aboard. And once once I was done with the free press, it, it, the, the agreements came 
Jeremy Greenberg came pretty quickly. I was careful not to enter any kind of relationship with them before, while covering them still. Obviously, you understand what kind of a journalistic uh, uh, issue that would cause. But sure. that being said, once I left the free press, it was pretty clear uh, the, who would emerge as be my next my next destination. So um, the, pri- the, the, the crisis, though, um, has kind of made my onboarding um, a little bit tricky because I, I, I was going to be based – I'm based in Detroit. Uh, I was going to be uh, have a desk. I don't know if it's going to be an office, but a desk at the PPC or the uh, Performance Center. But evidently, with that shut down, so there had a lot of meetings with people that I, I needed to meet. So it's been a lot of emails, a lot of conference calls. So not necessarily the perfect world to start a new job. But you know what? We make the we make the best of it because you know what? I got a job. So and a lot of people can't say that. Tell me about you know where you kind of want to take this. Uh, you know, people will say, oh the. The Pistons already have a, a guy writing about basketball and Keith Langloy, who's been around forever. I know you have immense respect for and vice versa. And now, and now you come in and, and, and look, there's always going to be opportunities for content. And you, you've already written about how the facility is going to be utilized uh, for COVID-19, possibly patients, and almost as a hospital. Is that, is that kind of the, the, the gist of it and what you're kind of looking to do, something different like that? Basically it. You know, it gives me a chance. I, I said earlier that I have kind of, you know, um, I, I, I guess weary, maybe a word, of writing about what happens on the floor. Um, but the opportunity to write about uh, things like that, uh, the potential that uh, the, the state, you know, requests or asking the Pistons that if the need is there uh, and we need to a place to house healthcare workers, who uh, be traveling here to help fight the COVID-19 crisis, because as you know, Detroit has become a hot spot. Uh, could we use, uh, could they use the, the Pistons Performance Center? And writing about those kind of things was very interesting to me. It appeals to me. I enjoyed writing that story. I enjoyed reporting that story. There's a story I did already on Forgotten Harvest and how the crisis um, uh, highlights or, or exacerbates food insecurity. And being able to write about those issues, you know, it's, it's so far, so far, it's been real rewarding and challenging. So um, it's definitely a change. Um, def- I'm not here to um, um, uh, do uh, anything that Keith already does, but I, I can see myself doing like a, a human interest stuff here. But the on the court stuff, Keith does a good job of that stuff. And I'm not going to I'm not here to do anything that would step on his toes. Vince Ellis with me, a newest writer for Platinum Equity and Pistons.com as well. Content producer, director, going to be all over the place. And certainly, you know, with sort of the advent of this, of the website, The Athletic, we're seeing more stories, more human interest stories, and people want those those, those angles, Vince. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of those things that come up throughout a basketball season. Um, tell me about kind of things that are on your mind that maybe you know that you could start writing about once we get the ball back up in the air. As far as what this organization has done and, and transformed in terms of the new the new facility and, and what Tom Gorris and his people bring to the table. Okay, well, I'll start with something maybe on the floor. You know, one of the things that I think is pretty interesting is, uh, you know, Sekou Dumbuya, you know, he had that quick... Uh, those eight games in January where a guy, he was he went against like a who's who of uh, NBA players, NBA stars, LeBron, Kawhi, uh, the Kevin Love, uh, the the any number of, of talented wings the Celtics have. They, they have. they have them coming out the, out the butt. And 
and uh, you know, and he held his own and stuff. Um, this thing comes, you know, and he started. Obviously, he came back down to earth and started struggling. But this thing comes. Uh, France, his home country, has been one of the hard uh, countries hit hard by this uh, uh, this pandemic. Um, so I wonder what's going through his mind um, with what's going on. We got his family there. Um, how the team has uh, addressed the fact that he's he's uh, truly away from home while this is going on. So, and I I know they pretty much uh, uh, they had a plan for him that I reported on extensively during the season while I was still with the free press, I would like to know what the plan is with him now. And, you know, and I was assume some of that would be Dr. Corey Yeager, um, one of the res- respected uh, psychotherapists they have on staff who's their life coach. I'm quite sure he's had a role there um, in trying to make Sekou be comfortable while going through this because basketball has been taken away from him. Um so I think that that's an interesting story, and you know, and who knows, maybe there's nothing there, but that's something that I would like to do, and maybe a human interest angle that I could provide uh, for the website off the court. You know, the Pistons have the uh, going to bring a G League team here, whether it's the Grand Rapids Drive or they start their own um, expansion team, and. I walk by my walk, so one of the few exercises you can, the, one of the few things you can do now to exercise is walk. And on my daily walk, I walk by this hole in the ground on Trumbull and Warren, where Wayne State's building that basketball arena. Uh, so, and the Pistons are partnered with them to uh, get the thing built and stuff, or they're going to be a tenant of it, a lease agreement. Uh, uh, it was well reported on. I'm kind of screwing up the details right now. But that being said, update on what's happening there. So uh, all that stuff, that's part of the uh, part of the uh, mandate, you know, philanthropic efforts, business development. So, and that's kind of the, the, like two things off the top of my, my mind that I think of when, I, when you ask me what I'm doing. But I, Something tells me we're going to be kind of figuring out on the fly. Because, <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, because, you know, and, I, and, I'm, open, and I'm, open, I'm I'm looking forward to when I wake up and see what the day brings. Former Pistons, a beat writer for the Free Press, now member of the uh, the team of the Pistons and Platinum Equity, Vince Ellis, uh, with me here on Wired, the Pistons podcast. From our Rocket Fiber studios, i, I got to ask you, you mentioned about the team and the young guys. That, that I think, is something you'll, you'll probably definitely, when it comes to looking at you know the future is exciting because there is a young crop of guys here now the, the rebuild is underway Vince I know you and I, you and I go way back to the, to the to the Will Bynum experience days that we we can laugh about but the, the word rebuild is actually now in the lexicon and so for you and for Keith and for everybody it is exciting because you can uncover some things with these young guys exactly yeah you know and it's probably a decision the franchise probably should have made it I, I get it you know People talk about tear it down and rebuild, and, and you know, and, and I get it. I understand it. I, and it's, I, I came across, people think I'm, I'm anti tanking. I'm not anti tanking. I'm anti what Philadelphia did, where they tanked for basically half a decade. Uh, <laughs> but if you make the decision that, you know, we're going to go with young guys and not worry about standings, and okay, I do think that's definitely a short term answer to try to uh, develop uh, or to get talent or to try to. Uh, upgrade your talent base. Uh, I totally get that. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, but it's a tough decision because think about it in almost every walk of life. Think about 
like when you put together this podcast or the job that I'm about to do, you want to do as good a job as possible. And you know what? I may not be the best content producer for a website in the NBA, but I want to do a good job. I want to do my best. And I would think that's a natural inclination inclination for an owner when he's putting together a product. He want to put as good a product on the floor as possible. And also, I think you also have a responsibility not only to your fans to try to win a championship, but you also have a responsibility with other members, the other members of the league, other teams to try to put a, put a good product on the floor as well. So it's not that easy to say, let's just tear it down and be bad for five years, you know? So, uh, but I do think they needed to make this call because they were on that treadmill of just being in that uh, middle of the pack and no one wants to be there. Either you want to be awful or you want to be at the, one of the best teams in the league. So, so they finally decided we're tired of being in the middle here and we're going to go down to being bad and hopefully that will allow us to go back to the top in the near future. No, no question. In your experiences being around Blake Griffin and Derek Rose, um, I, I guess I can ask the question, although I kind of know where you're going with it, but sure. you, know, you, you want you want veterans. You still have to have veterans. Ed Stefanski told me a couple times, you still want veterans on the team. You can't just play 14 young guys. You probably those are probably two veterans that you really want, you know, kind of steering the ship. It's it's almost a perfect match, isn't it? Well, I would say this: uh, Derek's a guy. You know, you can tell through his, you know, from his actions probably that he's a boy with it. Because Derek, you know, he wants to play ball, and you know, and I don't, and he doesn't strike me as a guy who worried about ring chasing and stuff. You know, he just wants to play ball, and he wants to be an organization that he trusts. He likes the people around him. That relationship with Arn. You know, probably goes a long way there. Arn Tellum, the Pistons vice chairman, who was his former agent. Uh, Blake's an interesting case, though. Obviously, from a work ethic standpoint, you know, Blake is, uh, he is a person that young players need to see the work ethic that he puts in every day. You know, a guy who, I remember one time, it was the first year when the Pistons first acquired him, and it was when he was shut down toward the end of the year, and he wound up not playing. I don't think he played, like, the final had eight, ten games, something like that, the, his first year he got acquired. And, man, watching him attack a rehab on an exercise bike, man, I thought he was about to tear the bike off or the bike was about to take off and start moving. <laughs> uh, I mean, he was hitting that exercise bike, and I've seen cats on that bike before. They're just kind of lollygallying gallying and just kind of like just chillaxing <laughs> not putting a whole lot of effort on this bike and I thought he's about to kill this poor bike and so so he's a guy who constantly is in good shape he works on his game he's evolved his game you know he was pretty much a dunker blow post guy when he first came to the league but he he became a, a playmaker and then he uh, extended his range after the three-point range so he works on his game uh, but you wonder, though, does he want, is he okay with being in a rebuild, you know, at the stage of his career, you know, because, you know, with his injury history, you know, he's probably closer to the end than he is to the beginning. Um, so I, I don't know what Blake thinks. I don't, I haven't talked to him about this. Uh, I, I haven't seen anything but reports about this, about what his thought process is going through to the rebuild. I do know when he talked to reporters during my, I think, right shortly after I left, Somebody asked him about that, and I think he said something like something he would be more than happy to talk to the front office about that or talk to the front office about what his role is and going for the future, but that's a conversation that's not for now. But I'm curious to see what happens there. So that's my uh, – I think Derrick Rose would be fine with it, but I don't, I don't know about would Blake be okay. With, and you know what? Think about it. He's a veteran, played a lot of high-level basketball with the Clippers, so I would understand it if he would 
would not want to be a part of what's obviously a rebuilding situation. But you know, obviously, you know the the the, the, the elephant in the room is basically you know, the contract itself. You know, but I'm curious to see how that develops. That's probably one of the things over the next four or five months. You know, if we do get back to normal, that I would like to. I would be curious to see what happens there. No, no question about it, but definitely an ultimate pro. All right, Vince, uh, appreciate the time. Good luck with this venture, and I'm sure we'll talk again. Thanks, Matt. Vince Ellis, there he is, former free press reporter, now turned content producer and director for Pistons.com and Platinum Equity. That is another installment of Wired the Pistons podcast brought to you by Jeep. My name is Matt Derry. We'll do it again soon. Thank you.